welcome back. This is Herbological Highlights, and here we are doing episode 19, which is all about invertebrates and uh, frogs. I'm Ben Marshall, as usual, and co-hosting is Tom Major. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Invertebrates and frogs. What have we got in store for people? Uh, well, we got some papers about, well, largely when invertebrates and frogs collide and generally, I mean, obviously, if you were to take all the interactions between frogs and invertebrates that that happen in the world ever on a given day, the frogs would probably come out on top. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to be looking at the ones where they don't. See, that made me wonder. That's kind of why we're doing this, because you don't think of as you don't think of invertebrates as toad predators or frog predators predators <laughs> predators predators i mean yep. that's how yeah i mean that's the that's the word mate yeah they Is are it? they're predate predators <laughs> but i have to say i think insects predate frogs in terms of their evolution <laughs> see i don't i don't know which does more though I don't think we know enough to make that sort of call. Because I bet you there's a lot of unknown invertebrate frog interactions where the inverts Mate, come nah, out on top. I, I don't know. I think if you think about how many insects and other arthropods there are on the earth, and then think about the same how many frogs there are, it must be that there's more in, invertebrates getting eaten by frogs and vice versa. Because there's so many. There's like one million flies to every frog, surely. Mm, yeah, I guess. And I suppose an in, a frog or a tadpole for an invertebrate might fill it up for longer than a fly would for a larger, more aggressive frog. Yeah, I mean, have you ever had a dinner of flies? No, but then I've never had a dinner of frogs. I've had both. And which one filled you up more? Well, um, I would say the frog, but... Um, the frog also came with noodles and broth, so... <laughs> so what you're saying is this was a poorly conducted experiment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't really anticipating... I wasn't being anticipating being quizzed on it by my biologist friend many years <laughs> later, so I just kind of casually ate the frog's legs. Um, yeah, and actually I've never eaten flies, that's not entirely true. I've eaten ants or I've eaten crickets, but not flies. Mm. So really, we, we still don't have an answer. No, I'm, I mean... I can't see that we're going to get. I can't see that we're going to get a concrete answer. So maybe we should move on. Yeah. So well, just a little bit to begin with, just the sort of motivating force behind uh, this episode. So I read a paper by Miranda, uh, 2017, bright new, brand new one: the plight of reptiles as ecological actors in the tropics. Now you might be thinking think... that's got nothing to do with amphibians or invertebrates. It's all about reptiles. But what it drew attention to was how <laughs> little we know about these interactions that reptiles do that actually benefit people and have such a massive role in ecosystems. And at the same time, I was, you know, caught my eye with these these frog versus spider or frog versus invertebrate papers. I'm thinking, yeah, that's an underreported and less known about interaction in ecosystems. I wonder if that's, you know. You can see where my mind's going here. I've got two <laughs> two papers that were pushing me in a similar direction to look at less mm. than known ecological ecosystem interactions. 
Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I mean, <clears throat> it's not something you really read about, or at least not that. I mean, I'm admittedly I don't read a massive amount about f- frogs anyway, but it's certainly not something I can really remember seeing. The sort of no one's really that I'm aware of made efforts to quantify the actual like biomass consumption of insects by their vertebrate prey. Yeah, and how that fits in a whole ecosystem context. I think that's what would what that. Miranda paper was really drawing at was the actual scale of all these things and how many mm. interactions there are. And this one, yeah, this one I would have completely forgotten about. But you put it on the list of things we should talk about in the podcast. Yes. Well, how could I not? And then when it came time to discuss which what we were going to talk about in the next episode, you really, really wanted to do it, even though I didn't. And here we are. Now, that's not <laughs> that is not how it went. <laughs> you browbeat me into this, Ben. I tricked you, and that's why my knowledge is so lackluster. <sighs> but should we get on with it then? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good reason to do it though, and I think uh, it's fun to flip it on its head as well because a, I mean a frog eating a fly isn't newsworthy, but a spider, for example, eating a frog, that is. So, paper one. Paper one. Jablonski, 2015. Predation on Pristimantis riddens by a wandering spider in mountain cloud forests of Costa Rica. Herpetology notes. Hmm. The Rio San Juan robber frog. Yeah. Mate, why are they called robber frogs? I have no idea. Why are they called robber frogs? I don't know. The internet couldn't give me a straight answer. That's disappointing. <clears throat> I'm assuming it's because they've got very beady little eyes. You don't think robber's someone's name? Robber? Oh, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I mean, it's there not are... capitalised, but then that might just be the way I've incorrectly written my notes. No, robber frog. I don't know. Maybe it's... um. Oh, I... It doesn't sound dissimilar to ribbit. Maybe it's some kind of... Onomatopoeia. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> if you yeah. know, send us an email. <laughs> yeah, send us an email because we don't know anything. So this, um, yeah, this frog is kind of small. It's active in the daytime. It's light coloured. Uh, it's like a yellowy, greeny coloured, and it's a crogasterid frog from the family Crogasteridae, which are flesh belly frogs. Don't know why they're called that either. Flesh bellied. Um, yeah, flesh belly frog. Maybe it's because they've got squidgy stomachs. Maybe, yeah, but I'm pretty sure. Have you ever squidged a frog that didn't have a soft stomach? Um, no. You never poke a frog in the belly and think, "Whoa, That's this solid. frog is yeah, this frog is dense." <laughs> <laughs> it's got a it's got a bony, solid stomach. <laughs> yeah, it's like an inverse uh, turtle. <clears throat> Whoa, I don't know. Turtles are hard on both sides. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty. <laughs> They are inverse turtles already, being soft on both sides. Ah, yes. And incapable of tobogganing. Nice save. So these robber frogs, San Juan robber frogs, uh, Pristimantis riddens, are diurnal, like I said. They're widespread in Central America. Um, they're, they're from sort of the more eastern half of Central America. They're very widespread. As far as Colombia. As far as Colombia, but we don't know where from. <laughs> like <laughs> Honduras, I've... Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, those sort of places, right? 
Uh, yes, yeah. I would like to say yes. I um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're distributed yeah. in Atlantic humid lowlands of extreme eastern. Hon- You've read it off the paper, you devil. I I might have read it off my notes. Yeah. Oh, oh well done. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, very good. I'm working with a professional. Uh, so this eating of frogs, as the title gave away, that's the trouble with papers, isn't it? Like, you're so eager for your paper to be findable, searchable on things like Google Scholar that you kind of give away the game in the in the title. It would be cool if the title of the paper was Little Frogs Day Out, and then you, re- <laughs> you read it, and you were like... Oh my god, no! Unexpectedly, (laughs) unexpectedly, you know, the frog is being consumed by a spider, which is the same size as it. Horrifying. But, as I say, that's not the case. And this isn't an unusual phenomenon. Um, Juvenile to adult frogs, post-metamorphic, so they're not tadpoles anymore. Uh, Anurans, that is. Um, There are 15 families and at least 68 species which have been reported to be the prey of invertebrates. Mm. Um, and it, there's known to be 22 families and at least 57 species which eat sort of grown frogs. Um, those stats are from Toledo, 2005. And uh, in this case, the villain is a wandering spider from the family Stenidae, which... So Found Stenidae, all over the world, aren't they? Wandering yeah, spiders, global. Well, <laughs> no... <laughs> It's no surprise, is it, really, with their... Wandering... Their, what, yeah. yeah. That's not why they're called wandering spiders, though. Isn't it? No. Well, oh. I mean, it might be one of the reasons. You know this. It's because they wander about, they don't have a web. <laughs> yeah. They're um, nomadic spiders. They are. They're sort of like the Sami people of spiders. Hmm. And they eat frogs. Uh, well, this one did. I think... Um, yeah, so Stenidae, right? I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. C-T-E-N, Stenidae. Mm. Um, there's 475 species of Stenidae, right? I bet you there's more, it's just we haven't even found them yet. Yeah, okay, so for the sake of argument, we'll say there's 600 species. <laughs> Round it up. <laughs> yeah, okay, so of these 475 known species, this obviously this paper's on one, but I, I don't know why I said of this Oh, okay, so basically the point I'm trying to make, to put 475 species of anything in perspective, there's 90 species of whale, dolphin and porpoise in the whole world. Mm. And yet, if you Google Scholar papers on whales or dolphins or porpoises, you'll return thousands of hits. Why is it that these stenids are overlooked? Because they're not as cute, are they? No. And they're they're not. not as mammalian. They're not. You know. They're not. I bet you I bet you'd also find the same problem if you looked up how many wasn't there one of the episodes we looked at how many types of shrew there were? And there were like hundreds of types of shrew. Yeah, but I mean Like several yeah. hundred. Seven hundred types of forgettable shrew. Yeah, but you know who's studying shrews? I wanna study tigers. Shrews yeah, are basically tigers. tigers of the undergrowth, let's face it. Uh, Those guys well, are voracious. Aren't they the elephants of the undergrowth? A, a little bit. Yeah. One of those shrews is actually related to elephants, isn't it? The elephant shrew. It's not the elephant shrew, though, is it? Or is it? <laughs> I don't know about shrews. 
<laughs> There's one. I should know. I was at the zoo on Saturday and I saw the shrew. Well, actually, I tell you what. The reason I don't remember is because the shrew was hiding. So I was like... You didn't actually get to see it, did you? Yeah. So I was let down and I didn't commit the name or any of the ah. facts to memory. Um, Did see some golden mantellas, though. They were pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, Chester Very Zoo. Nice. Chester Zoo. Highly recommend it. Um, Yeah, so some of these wandering spiders, Stenidae are very venomous um, to a degree which is dangerous to humans. Mm. Can't be sure whether this one is because it wasn't ID'd to species. It was just ID'd to family. And I liked the little note in here that says we didn't collect type specimens. um, So we don't really know for sure because that's the only way of confirming these spider species. But I do respect people that didn't see something happening and then stuff it in a jar and preserve it. Mm. I'm from the other school of thought. <laughs> Stuff it in a jar first, then see what it does. No, watch it to see if it's doing anything interesting. If it is, let it finish. And then smash it in a jar. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Literally, pickle that thing. Pickle that thing. Because now, what have we got? We've got a spider eating a frog. Uh, which species is it? Well, I can narrow it down to 475. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, but the that's, point is the point is that's like that being the, like the spider is living its life and is now healthy and full on frog. That's like being twenty percent sure it was a whale, a porpoise, or a dolphin. Now they're easier to tell apart. <laughs> yeah, but what? Like, never mind. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, it looks spidery to me, so I'm pretty sure they got that much right. But this spider. Yeah, the spider killed a frog and ate it. Yep, paralyzed it. Some Just, neuro neurotoxic venoms. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much all it is. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. The nice um, little descri- note, just straight to the point. Yeah, it's cool. It's a nice. It is. It's a nice little note. It's as you say. It's got a really good picture. Um, it's just like straight, brief rundown of what we know so far and frog and spider interactions. Then a really grisly photo of a very hairy spider. I think what's also quite cool with the spider is it is comparatively sized to the frog. Yeah. It's a similar size, yeah. About 30 millimetres. Is that right? I think so. Interesting. Yeah, SVO of the frog is 30 millimetres. Or that species is 30 millimetres. Oh, wow. So that's actually not that small. It's a big spider. Um... Yeah, how would you describe the spider? Uh, brown. It's actually quite, to me, it looks quite classically wandering. I don't know if people have, like I do, this sort of image of what a wandering spider should look like. Hmm. But quite, quite sort of flat and not podgy and quite slim legs. Yeah, I would agree with that. Very hairy. Quite hairy, uh- yeah. I can't get over the hairiness of it. <laughs> um, Shockingly hairy spider eats frog. Yeah, literally. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think that's that sort of. That's it, isn't it? The, the, the spider ate the frog. It was nine fifteen at night. It was a eighteen degree evening, and um, they actually didn't see the spider catch the frog. They just happened across the. That would have been cool to see that chase. Yeah. Or ambush. Well, I would imagine it'd be more like the spider was walking around on a leaf, stumbled into the frog, and killed it. 
still pretty exciting. Yeah, it would be cool to see. <laughs> it's hard for me to support the spider in the fight between a spider and a frog, to be honest. Like, the spider is so impossible to identify with, and the frog has got a face. What? Spider's got a face? It's got little fuzzy legs. Mate, what is that face? Have you zoomed? I've zoomed in on it right now. It's giving me the creeps. It looks like... <laughs> I mean, it's got eight eyes. Yeah. All the better oh, to I don't see know, actually. With. It's got six eyes, I think. Um, well, it probably has eight, but two you can't see, right? Isn't there something... Oh, yeah, no, I think maybe you're right. Yeah. Oh, those two are just shut. Maybe it is adorable, actually. Now I look at it a little bit more. <laughs> the more you understand about a creature, the more adorable they become. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very insightful. Not all arachnids that wander are lost. Yes. <laughs> and each right. for the ages. <laughs> right, moving on. Should we get on to the next example of a uh, one animal versus another animal that are different types of animal? Yeah, so we have a Luis uh, Perez Dimitrov and Sawaya 2013 paper, Predation on Tadpoles of... Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh. Mate, how are you going to say that? It's a potty hyla. It's a potty hyla langs dorfi. Dorfi, sorry. By the semi-aquatic spider Falmazia species in the Atlantic forest, southeastern Brazil. Again, in Herp Notes. Now, if I pronounced either of those names right, <laughs> both both people's names, species names, <laughs> anyway. that was a. I mean, that paper is an absolute minefield. I'll be I'll be amazed. But either way, yeah. you you can look it up. It's in the show notes, and you can read it for yourself and realize, and realize yeah. how wrong I've gone. <laughs> so this, this is a one. this is a nursery web spider. This one, um, and this species in particular, or group of species, is again. Could they ID it? Did they manage to ID it? Yeah, you said it in the title. Well, to the species level, so to the genus level. Oh. Um, no, I, th- I think we got it. No, we got it to the genus level. Yeah, genus. That's pretty good. You know. Yeah, I'd say it's not bad. Well, they did. Th- they did actually grab this one, so they got it in a pot somewhere. Um. Yeah. So nursery web spiders. These, this one in particular, using the surface of the water to sense vibrations, detect prey, and then sit and wait and grab something that comes by. And in this case, it was a little tadpole. Yeah, a tadpole from, like you said, the frog. It's a hyladay frog. Oh, God. It's a potahyla. It's a potahyla. Of which the common name is actually the oscillated tree frog. The um, oscillated so it ha- tree frog. Had this, yeah, oscillated. Um... What the hell does oscillated mean? Mm. Is it a shape of a pattern? Well, an oscillating signal is up and downy, oh. right? No, like it's having eye-like. It's having eye-like markings. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Oh, like an ocelot. Nothing like an ocelot. Yes, nothing like. An ocelot <laughs> at all. Of course, it's like an ocelot. Ocelots have eye-like markings, and it's like they've yeah. got a lot of eyes. Ocelot. We need to name some snakes oscillate. I wonder if there are any. We need um, to find some spotty snakes. That's what we need. Yeah. Get these maculadas out of here. We should the the rainbow burr, the Brazilian rainbow burr, should be renamed oscillated rainbow guy. 
<laughs> Oscillated rainbow geezer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this... Actually, they are actually kind of interesting of themselves. So had this tadpole been allowed to develop and lead a full life, which it wasn't because it was savagely cut short by a hideous monster of a spider that lurks Stop on the surface of water. playing into this, this social injustice that is the the villainizing of, of poor spiders. <laughs> they're not bad. They're, as, they're not as bad as anything else. That's true. Snakes, um, spiders, they've all got a bad rap. You're now part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but these frogs, they're from Brazil, the Atlantic Forest, and there's also some in Paraguay and Argentina. And they're big. The ma- the females, which are bigger than males, can be 3.2 inches long. Mm. Don't know why. That's 81 millimetres for fans of the metric system. Everybody's fans of the metric system. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're cool little frogs. They look quite... Interesting. The one I'm looking at a photo of has an orange bum. Stylish. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you said, did you say that these spiders sit on the surface of water and just wait for... Yeah. Just feeling the vibrations. Yeah, so they kind of just sit and wait and they know that these tadpoles will eventually have to come up for air and that's when they'll strike. Mm, And then pull them away to their little terrestrial hide or off off to the side of the pond to uh, consume them. Mm. Which must be... absolutely traumatic for the poor tadpoles well yeah but it's probably better than eating algae (laughs) (laughs) algae death by spider algae (laughs) death by spider Ooh. well it's not every day you get a chelicerae poking through your head is it (laughs) (laughs) this is a novel experience (laughs) this isn't algae (laughs) chelicerae is the pair of appendages in the front of a mouth that arachnids have so it's like the they look like they're sort of like pincer-like claws how many times can i say like they're pincer-like claws um you know the mouth parts type of thing yeah that's what chelicerae are and they pierce the tadpole's head they do the image is is pretty you know spider grabbing a hold of the head of a tadpole which actually looks way too big for it it's it does it's surprising that it's managed to pull it up out of the water and onto this this leaf because we're looking at yeah. a spider that's what? What's that? One point seven seven millimeter. One point seven seven millimeters. Yeah, I've highlighted this. There's a mistake in the paper. That does, there, yes. Surely that's seventeen point seven millimeters. Yeah, I believe so. But then it's yeah. also they made the same mistake in the introduction, which is what confused me. But yeah. Yeah, that is is. Hmm. Very odd. And then they've got the uh, the tadpole, which is thirteen point nine millimeters long. Or nearly forty when you had the tail in as well. It's actually over fifty with the tail. <clears throat> Big old thing. Oh, that's plus. That's not including. Oh my gosh. Mm. Mm. Well, there you go. It's like double the length of the spider. It's beasty. Yeah, and it looks like a behemoth compared to the spider. Yeah. I prefer this spider. I prefer this spider. It's got nicer markings. And it's less hairy. It is less hairy as well. I didn't want to say that because you know we might have some hairy listeners that would be sort of perturbed by that kind of a statement, but. You know that spider's a lot more sleek looking. I feel like, but then again, if you if you had hairs sitting on the surface of water with hairs, your surface area is going to be. Well, maybe you'd want surface area. Maybe it would help you. I don't know. Presumably not. I presume that the hairs on the other one have nothing to do with that at all, and they're defensive hairs. I don't know. I know nothing of these spider hairy spiders and why they are so hairy. No. 
No, me neither. But um, an interesting fact about this spider is that it only has seven legs. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Good observation skills. Despite the fact that it was missing a leg, it still managed to take on a tadpole, which is like me eating a mini. Yeah, that's... Yeah, kind of. Not quite. Maybe me eating a... Donkey. <clears throat> a donkey? Yeah, donkey. Yeah, but like a aquatic, slimy donkey. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> so a little bit more about this frog I mean this is why I was sort of bringing up the uh, <laughs> the overall context of ecosystems and stuff is these guys are ludicrously explosive breeders um, where they have mean broods of around 6,000 and a maximum of 8,000 and that beats out most other Amazonian species too so you've got a huge number of tadpoles and stuff and I don't want these spiders and other little predators must have an absolute field day when it's breeding season for these frogs. It was mm. oh, absolute feast. That's crazy, isn't it? It's like it's like a miniature version of turtle eggs hatching on the beach. Yeah. So I mean, what's also neat is obviously the spiders don't get it all their own way because, as you're saying, these guys are quite big. So eventually, later in life, the tables do turn, and it's then the ta- the tadpoles that survived can take vengeance on their little... Yeah. I like to think that when they're sitting in the tree with their nice oscillated patterns, everything's going sweet. They see spiders and they remember the horror and the dread in which they were forced to live in that tiny pool with the hairless freak of a spider sitting on the surface of the water just waiting for them to take a breath. And they think, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. You cold, heartless, mindless arachnid. And then you also realise that these fr- frogs pretty much eat anything they can get their mouths on, including other frogs. And there was even one, I read a study where it had bird feathers in it. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, there was a little review and they're saying veined tree frogs and rusty tree frogs have been reported taking bats. Now, that's what? a novel ecosystem uh, like interaction there. Frog versus bat, and bat loses. That's crazy. Pretty neat. I never knew there was a frog that could eat a bat. Yeah, well, apparently there's two. Wow. Tracheocephalus <laughs> vendrulosus and hmm, Hipsy Boas Boans. <clears throat> Hipsy Boas. They're cool. They've got humongous eyes. Hmm. And a taste for bat. <laughs> They're hipsy boas. Are they clown frogs? No, gladiator frogs. Well, no wonder. They're little fighters. They can fight the bat down. Take oh. it on one-on-one combat and win. Cool. Right, well, I think from there, it's probably good time to segue into the paper where Frogs kind of not really get their own back, but at least have a little bit of peace. They learn to coexist with their invertebrate fellows, neighbours. Yeah. But at the same time, they probably still eat them. And if they put a foot wrong, they do still get bitten by them. They do. They do. There's no mercy. (laughs) Nature's rough, man. So this is the third paper. Uh... Roddle, Breed, 
Hirschfield, Schmidt, Favreau, Stocklin, Wunder and Mebs. And this is called Chemical Camouflage, A Frog's Strategy to Coexist with Aggressive Ants. And it was published in 2013 in the journal PLOS One. Well, hey, open access. And now 10 years old, PLOS One. Nice. That's cool. Mm. Hmm. Congratulations, PLOS One. <laughs> as, an, as an entity. Yeah, you are now uh, Decadian. If that's a term, then yes. <laughs> so this paper focuses on a medium-sized microhylid frog called Phrynomantis microps, aka the Acra snake leg, snake-necked frog. Well, why would it be called that? Um, because of all the animals that its neck resembles, the snake is not one. <laughs> Almost, unless that snake is an oligodon, and it's the most overweight oligodon you've ever seen in your life. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's like, it should be called the, I don't know, the orange sausage frog. Orange sausage frog. But you've still gone for the like, you know, elongated uh, sort of shape there. Yeah, so but they... it's not the neck that's elongated, it's the body in my mind. What does it look like? Are you looking at a picture of it? I'm bringing it up. See, to me... It's. I mean, yes, I suppose it is a little bit elongated, but not like so much so that it its name needs to reflect that. And when it's no. sitting, it's it's quite regular and frog shaped, I think. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you, Ben. To be honest, mate. Like, um, I would have called I mean, it the redback frog. What does Phrynomantis microps mean? I can only hope it's redback frog. Phryno. Phryno. Phryno, mantis, mantis, microps, microps, big. No, my- microps is small. Small. Oh, I think it's like narrow mouthed or something, isn't it? No, it's eye, small eye. Small eye. Macrops is big eye, right? So microps must be small. Oh, microps, eye. yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. What are we talking about? Oh, they do have little eyes. Okay, so it's got a cool name. Oh, there are, oh, man. I actually really like them. Yeah, I don't know. They're kind of long and slender. I think a lot of it is because their arms are quite far forward and their their legs are quite far back. Yeah, I feel like they can stretch out, but Mm. you say it's it's a frog named after something that's not a frog, so it's not really the greatest, is it? No, regardless, they are... No, I know, yeah. Actually, that really does. That's a bugbear of mine. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, this frog inhabits the savannah regions of West Africa. Um, they have a, a sort of nifty habit of hiding in burrows or empty termite mounds during the day and in the dry season. Mm. But they also have been noted to occupy and live unharmed in the nest of highly aggressive ants, which are Paltotherius tarsatus, a.k.a. the African stink ant. Oh, you ever smelt with an African stink ant? No, but that's because I've, I tread carefully and don't set off their alarm oh, signals. No, sounds awful. <laughs> what does it smell like i've got no idea me neither i imagine it to be like a mixture of wet dog and sulfur so some sort of like vol- volcanic hound a fart from clifford <laughs> the abnormally sized scarlet hound <laughs> clifford the abnormally sized scarlet hound <laughs> uh, yeah these are big ants though 
They're not messing around. 25 millimetres long, the workers, and they also have a sting, which, unlike most ants, which are nibblers, these have both gargantuan mandibles and a sting. So not only can they give you a nasty bite, but their sting also contains horrible venom, like a wasp, which can incapacitate and kill. And what these ants have a habit of doing is eating other bigger arthropods, but also frogs. But for some reason, they don't eat acra snake-necked frogs. How big are we talking? How big are these frogs by comparison? You gave us a size for the ants there. How big are our frogs? 40 to 60. So, I mean, we're looking at three ants and they're as big as a frog. Terrifying. You've got to be pretty confident in uh, not being attacked by these guys with their horrible venom to go waltzing into their nest for protection from predators and or to make use of their lovely microhabitat sort of air-conditioned anthill, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You've got to be pretty confident. Yeah, it's a a one-way street if you get stung by one of these ants. Um, And it's been known since 1990. There was a paper by Roddle and Braun, Roddle, one of the authors of this study, um, not Braun though, but uh, yeah, they they discovered in 1990 that um, termites and other frogs, which are otherwise killed as soon as they come into contact with these stink ants, don't get stung when they wetted them with the skin secretion of our acra snake neck frogs. Mm. Um, so they'd already kind of drawn this distinction. I mean, that's ages ago, isn't it? That's you know, twenty something years ago. That oh Christ. Yeah, 20-something years ago. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they knew that there was something in the secretion of this frog which meant that they were protected in some way. So they set out in this experiment to work out, first of all, exactly what the compounds were that were protecting the frog, um, and then also to kind of measure exactly what effect first the secretions as they come, and then also individual peptides uh, peptides yeah thank you peptides um a couple of individual peptides to test what those specific peptides were the peptides were just called peptide a and b Mm. um well you know it takes you know it's nice and simple isn't it yeah it it is it's nice and simple yeah Yeah. but that's what they Um, narrowed it down to was just two of them that seemed to do a decent job at delaying the stinging and biting they basically applied these two uh peptides and you know control as well to mealworms and termites and release some ants onto them to see what would happen and the ones with the control tended to be bitten and stung and the ones not were not bitten and stung as quickly yeah that was it so um the way they got the secretions from the frogs made me chuckle. They caught 13 of these frogs and they sent them to Germany. These frogs are from Benin initially in West Africa. Mm. And uh, yeah, they put them in a little beaker with some water and they just give them a little shake. <coughs> and and that would, the frogs would just squirt out whatever peptides and juices like they had. Just, just gently distressed by being <laughs> yeah. shaken around uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and then, were they, yeah, were they, they alive? They were alive, weren't they, these frogs? Yeah, man. You can't, yeah. Secrete, you can't secrete stuff if you're dead. No, well, no, but... 
You know these studies. You could wring them out if they were dead. You're quite right. Yeah, like a wet sponge. Yeah. Do you know, I learned a new word as well. Lyophilized. Freeze-dried. Oh, yes. It's a good one. Hmm. I liked it a lot. Not super um, practical in everyday life, but comes but up every now and again. Depends on what you have for breakfast, I guess. Mm, nothing that's freeze-dried. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be an astronaut if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> so, yeah, they... Uh, they, what they did was, like you said, they took the, they took termites and they took mealworms, which are just these little grubs, um, and they coated them with uh, this mixture from the frogs or something they didn't, and then they just threw them to the ants. And yeah. these ants are merciless. Like if yeah. you cross these ants, or even if the ant even smells you and suspects you might be edible, it will just jab you with its sting, yeah, carry you off to be consumed. Like, you don't even have to move in an antagonistic way. It just seems like they just the ants will just walk up to stuff and just bite them, <laughs> just yeah. to test. So yeah. that's one of the reasons they feel like they couldn't get a complete um, zero attack, zero biting to their mealworms, was they don't think it was completely. Uh, completely covered in sufficient uh, concentrations to prevent the ants from biting at all. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's if there was a patch, delay. yeah, if there was a patch on the insect which hadn't been covered with by the frog's special gel, which stopped the ants biting, then the ants would just Go attack to that and sting yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing was that the termites which they were using as a sort of model for things which wouldn't be attacked by the ants if they had the frog secretions on them the termites themselves didn't actually know what was good for them and had a habit of when the ants bumped into them biting them which then meant the ants would turn around and just annihilate them immediately yeah um so yeah i mean they kind of brought that upon themselves really but i suppose if you're a termite the idea that you're covered in a special secretion which makes you impervious to the attack of an animal which would normally kill you outright in an instant is probably quite a complex idea to grasp. Yes, and at the same time you've got to trust completely that what you've been covered in will do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, so you think it's a case of the termites not trusting. So the termites sitting there sweating like, oh, this secretion better do it. And then it it loses its its nerve at the last second and bites the ant. Yeah, just before the control was done and it saw its mate get dabbed with water and it didn't realise it came from a different bottle. (laughs) Not me. I'm going out fighting. Oh gosh. Death before dishonour. Yeah. The tale of a termite. Well, it was quite remarkable that these peptides actually had, an, uh, had a serious effect. And for the frogs, it works completely. There's a couple of videos on the same page as the article in the supplementary material yeah. of a fully grown frog with, you know, ants yeah, just walking f- around it, crawling all over. The fully and- grown video is a bit boring, in my opinion, because... It says on the little tagline, Ant, a frog walking through some ants. And the frog doesn't do anything, it just sits no. there. It does walk right at the very end. It takes like two oh. steps. Oh, I didn't watch. I got bored. I skipped through. But yeah, so... I mean, it's <laughs> the second like a one, 30, however. 13-second video, I've managed to skip part of it. But um, yeah, the second video is awesome, isn't it? With the little baby frog just like, yeah. it's like bossing on through. Of, half the size of these ants. We're talking like 10 millimetres. And it's just waltzing through a whole bunch of them. Every now and again, it freezes when one gets like up in its grill, and it just carries yeah. on. Uh-huh. Like, it's just wicked. The, the ants have no... They're completely chill. Whatever secretion these two peptides is having 
a completely successful effect on them. Yeah, it's really interesting to see. And it's really cool that they managed to actually pick out two specific peptides, both of which had an effect. And then yeah. interestingly, when they combined them together, they had a marginally even better effect, which suggests that it's possible there's kind of a synergistic effect of the peptides together. Yes, and there may be other sort of um, chemicals that are just having smaller effects, but when combined with those peptides, work outright and prevent all attack from these ants. Mm. The way I think of it is, if you're about to bite into an apple and you smell the smell of an armpit, you'll probably stop. And then if you smell the smell of an armpit and a cow pat, you'll definitely stop. Yes. So you... I mean, that's implying it's a palatability thing. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like oversimplifying it for. It's more like you're going to take a bite of an apple, but then you just don't feel hungry. <laughs> oh, oh. You don't whoa. know where that sensation's come from. Yeah. Or maybe you're about to take a bite into or an apple. Or you just don't like apple. Well, yeah, see, that's palate. Mm, yeah. And suddenly you feel like you've got to sneeze. Yes. You're completely and then... distracted. And And then by the time. You don't need to sneeze. The apple's walked off. Yeah, the apple's... Well, yeah. Apple's, <laughs> it's somewhere else in your house. <laughs> or or now, the apple's just living in your burrow and you just come to accept it. And it's eating all your friends. Yeah, you don't know why. Do they eat the ants? They do eat ants and stuff, but... But, but do they eat I, these particular I ants? I don't know if they eat those particular ants. It they don't mention it in the paper. It would like a risky move, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, because if... Yeah, because they're so... In fact, dangerous. No, sorry. Known to eat vertebrates and frogs. That's applying to the ants. I don't have anything for the ant. What the frogs eat? No. Because if they lived in there and ate the ants, that wouldn't be a very sustainable enterprise. Well, wouldn't it? If the no, ants were so duped by the scent that they would never attack, then it's just free meal. It's easy living. Yeah, but I reckon a frog would need more than. More ants than a colony of ants could supply. Well, it probably just moves on to the next one. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. I I just get the impression they don't eat those particular ants. Because they would have mentioned it, would they not? Because if they were eating those ants, they could be like, well, maybe they're just getting these compounds from the ants themselves. Yes. There is is a little bit in there that is not as clearly written as I would have liked. But I think they're suggesting that these peptides are not... Uh, derived from diet and things they've eaten because things that would co would be co-associated with them uh, types types of alkaloids and uh, steroid chemicals are not found and you'd expect to find them if they had a all the peptides had a dietary origin but it's just a sentence and i'm not super clear what it was saying that that was definitely the case or or how much of that was yeah, it's a bit yeah. ambiguous. I I couldn't get my... I wasn't confident saying it one way or the other, but... I don't know. No. The suggestion was it wasn't dietary. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's frogs versus ants. And in this case, the frogs win. Well, they don't lose. They sneak by. And they, well, that, I suppose it's, no, what's the type of parasitism this is? Communalism? Com- it's not commensalism, is it? Commensalism. Well, yeah, no, it is, it's commensalism, yeah. Without harming each other. Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah. Well, I suppose maybe it's klepto, because the frog is stealing the microhabitat 
of no, I think ants. kleptoparasitism has to be something they're stealing, which is tangible, like food or not an abstract concept. I think like it's actually comfort. just food. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't. The frog isn't stealing peace of mind from the ants. <laughs> no, but the ants aren't benefiting from the frog's presence, are they? So no, it's a one-way think... sort of thing. Yeah, it's commensalism. I think you're right about that. Yeah, we'll yeah, go with it's that not... for now. It's not parasitism. Isn't it? No, because they're not... I think to be a parasite, you have to be, like, feeding in, on, or around. So, all right, if they were eating the ants in there, it would be. Mm, I don't know, because then you'd just be a predator, because you're not... <laughs> you'd just be ex- eating them. <laughs> you're not, you're just, you have to be exploiting an individual, don't you? Because mm, it's yeah. to do with, like, living on or around the specific organism right yeah so like yeah they're they're a parasite on ant society yeah but there again yeah oh it's a bit of a minefield isn't it well once again nature refuses to be crammed into the boundaries we set for it (laughs) take that nature get in that boundary get in that box (laughs) right i think it's time for the species of the bye week hey species of the bye week um this one is Rivadenera, Venegas, and Ron, 2018. Species limits within the widespread Amazonian tree frog, Dendropsophus parviceps, with descriptions of two new species, and you're a holiday, from Zookeys. Mm, 2018, half the press. Yeah. So uh, this is a paper which discusses the kind of various species of tree frog in the complex Dendropsophus parviceps. Uh, they're from Western South America, Bolivia, Brazil, Peru, Colombia, Ecuador. And um, yeah, it was nearly 60 pages long. And I honestly, I didn't read it all. I do not blame you because a lot of it's just describing species. But Which what we can I... do is get straight to the point of the two new ones described and just talk about them. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you go first. You could, Do you want to do the first one? Um, is this a little, little, yeah, okay. So this is Dendrop Sophus, uh, Camagarini. Is that how you would say that? Yes. And this little guy has been named after the native, well, in the native language for the word for devil or demon. Because it has fantastic little sort of horns on the top of its eyes. And if it is a little devil, it's one of the cutest little devils you ever see. <laughs> yeah, it is very cute. Yeah. It does have these little protuberances. Yeah. Dead centre above each eye. Uh, quite a brown little frog. How big are we talking here? We're talking... Oh, 19.6 millimeters svl so two centimeters long yeah so he's quite a little one yeah it's a little quite nice sort of darker shaping on the back that runs down his back into his legs yeah and the females Um, also have the uh little tubercles don't they yeah the tubercles above the eye which look like horns yeah and similar sort of coloration they got nice dark under the legs with splodges of orange which are rather excellent. And some of them are a little bit brighter and less browny. 
but similarly horned. Yeah, they're and I very. Some red orange ones do look more sort of devilly. Yeah, they do. They do. They look a bit more devilly. They're quite endearing little creatures, actually. I think they're excellent. They've yeah, got really like good them. faces. Yeah, really variable patterns on the back as well. It's quite cool when you see them all lined up. There's all kinds of different ones. Mm. Um, I see the problems sort of separating out species by morphology and coloration alone. That's for sure. It'd be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, named after some horns for the devil in a local language, which is nice. That's yes, cool. I like that. It's got the local aspect to it. It's got the descriptive angle to it. Yeah, ten fully out of ten. Ju- I'm fully happy. just yeah, fully justified. Unlike the other species they describe. <laughs> Going to go on a little rant. Yeah, Dendropsophus kubrickii. So, Kubrick. Uh, yeah, I mean, the frog is named after Stanley Kubrick, right? Who um, for those he loves frogs. I don't think he cares about frogs, mate. Have you ever seen a frog? There's no frogs in Full Metal Jacket. No, it's, they'd all get blown up. They would. They'd and... all get PTSD. Look at these yeah. guys. They couldn't survive a war. They're adorable. Yeah, I just, I mean, fair enough. They obviously really like his films. The Shining is great. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I don't think you should be dedicating species to someone who makes films personally. But whatever. I think that like, he's going to be immortalised more by the films he's made than he is to some obscure frog being named after him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah. But they, You'd they, hope yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's probably not the order of things that it should be. Everyone should appreciate small frogs more than they do. But no. But yeah. I mean, from his from his perspective, I would have thought that he'd want to be remembered for the stuff he did, as opposed to the frog he didn't find. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that's true enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So this is a, another little frog. Um. 26 millimetres long in females. Females bigger than males. Males are sort of less than 20. Um, yeah, they're quite nice. They've got white flecks on their throat, uh, white blotches and stripes. Um, and the little orange bits underneath the legs and arms as well. They've got orange armpits mm. and then, I don't know what you call the, the pit of a leg. A leg pit. Um, back of the yeah. knee. The back of the knee. Back of the knee. <laughs> um, yeah, and they look quite similar to the other one, really. Yes. But well, without same, the same bone, genus, of course. Yeah, without the non-bony tubercles that look like horns. And they do have these sort of like areas of sort of burnt red around the top of their heads and sort of back of the eyes, hmm. which looks rather fantastic. Actually, it's like someone sprinkled them with some sort of red spice. Yeah, and also their um, their eyelids are like dorsally flattened slightly, which is kind of weird. Their eye. Sorry, they're um, pupils. Yes, I don't think which... that's particularly unusual. Well, 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 I do. <laughs> unusual, like a goat size, is what you're getting. At. Yeah, but only very subtly. Like I don't want to overstate that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's probably not that unusual, but maybe it means they can see forwards and backwards really well. Yeah. Maybe. Um, what do we have? To... Neat. Things they were also distinct had distinct calls. That was something that they used to help differentiate them. Ah, uh, yeah, they're um they're from Peru. I should have said, mm. um, yeah, not so high elevation. The other one was from over a thousand meters, but this one's between one hundred six and seven hundred twenty-five meters above sea level, uh, and they like flooded forest, 
Uh, yeah, they cool at night from leaves of bushes and trees 0.3 to 0.4 metres above the water, whereas the other one was like 2 to 3 metres above two the water. 2 to 3 right? metres, yeah. Yeah, so we've got sort of understory arboreal frog. Both yeah. Of them. And uh, quite nicely as well, both of them were recommended to be IUCN least concern because they've got large distribution and they occur in protected areas. So that makes a nice change. That is a wonderful and... <laughs> Very welcome change. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So two cool new little frogs. And then um, if you're interested in the species complex, which is um, Dendrop, Sophus, Parviceps, this is a paper for you because um, Holy smokes. it goes into all the species and why they're cool, why they're unique, their ecology, and there's a phylogeny in there. It's all there. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's really overly thorough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is the... like I mean, if you were if there are people who who are writing stuff about dendrop sophus, then this is like the Bible. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It, it, it you know, yeah. full respect. <laughs> well, yeah, at least this complex of dendrop sophus. Yeah, cool. So, um, the map, the big map as well, which shows all the, the map species. is like, lovely. Yeah, I was yeah, going to bring that up. It really up. shows that they're um very keen on elevated areas which i guess coincides with the sort of the cloud forest mm-hmm. yeah moisture content mm. frogs don't like the dry generally no no i think that's pretty safe to say yeah so not a particularly controversial statement you well, don't get a bunch of frogs writing in going oh we we love dry areas <laughs> Can't stand water. You can't yeah. even swim. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Two new species of frog: Dendropsophus camagarini and Dendropsophus kubrickii. Mm. Um, yeah, they are fun. So that brings us to the end of our uh, it our does. episode on. However, yeah. I did realise I missed out an opportunity to talk about cane toads oh um because i'll tell you what cane toads get beaten up by real easy uh that's meat ants there's a great series of papers by ward fear et al 2010 2009 some of those about how meat ants might be a possible biocontrol for cane toads because they just go to Meat ants. Meat ants, yeah. Meat. Okay, right. What's a meat ant all about then? Well, it's an ant that will just go to town on a cane toad. And cane toads don't really know what's going on with them. (laughs) Because they're, you know, relatively naive in the Australian landscape. And they just get get eaten by them, don't they? And like other native frogs, not as bad. They they sort of know how to deal with the meat ants. They'll leave. (laughs) The cane toads... Maybe well, it's good to know. Maybe we should introduce meat ants, although <laughs> given that um, mm, ants Then you'd themselves... just end up eating a tiger, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, fire ants are no good, so yeah. But yeah, that's I, I just missed that opportunity and I'd be damned if you were going to end the episode without me talking about cane toads. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you got that in there. I just wanted to say as well, um, if anyone is an expert on Southeast Asian ants, get in touch with me because I have a video of some ants eating a frog that I'd like to do something with, but I don't know what the ants are. 
You also <laughs> do not have a, a specimen of said ants either. Yeah, no, they got lost. So, uh, yeah, if you think you can identify an ant based on a... Admittedly, it's HD <laughs> video. And there yeah. are many ants doing many things in the video. Then uh, please get in touch. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe they're a really distinctive type of ant. Maybe. I mean, what they're doing is pretty distinctive. Slaughtering a frog. Oh. Haven't you got one of them taking down a crab as well? Yeah, it's the same video, mate. They're on a rampage. Oh my gosh, it is the same video. So it's the video I've seen. That's yeah, it's, brutal. It's hellish. It's hellish. Nothing safe in the forest floor. No. So yeah, if you know anything about Thai ants, please get in touch. Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, I did something on Facebook and Twitter, which people have replied to. So I asked for funny jokes. Do you want to hear a joke, Ben? Well, as you've as you've got them? Yeah, I'll go, yeah, go <laughs> for it, mate. <laughs> Do you know how lizard gym teachers punish lazy students? I don't know. How do lizard gym teachers punish lazy students? They make them dewlaps. Make them dewlaps. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good pretty good yeah that was from mark shirts thanks mark yeah Uh, fair play i'm liking it i got another one here um did you hear about the chameleon that couldn't change color no i haven't heard about the chameleon who couldn't change color he had a reptile dysfunction oh that's not (laughs) as great (laughs) that one's a little bit blue (laughs) that's from from sammy thanks sammy (laughs) thanks Um, sammy I got another one. I got another one. Oh my gosh, I'm going freaking fast. Okay. I'm always afraid to tell frog jokes on social media. They can be a tad polarizing. Tad polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that's from Aubrey. Aubrey's a comedy genius. Oh, thanks, Aubrey. <laughs> I'm afraid the Dulac one wins it for me. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, well done. It's because I think I find dewlap quite a funny word in of itself. Yeah, dewlap's kind of weird. Like, Oh, and there's um, there's one more as well, which isn't really a joke, but it's just Mark Shirts having a really dark sense of humour, which, <laughs> which is... Um, let's find it here. Why do frogs die when they get infected with Batrochytrium dendrobatidis? I don't know. Why do frogs die when they get chytrid because they can't get rid of it because they can't get rid of it oh that one, that one. it's <laughs> nice it. to end on a high <laughs> note <laughs> i know yeah i should have saved one of the funny ones for the end <laughs> oh. oh god well thank you very much mark sammy aubrey yes thank you <laughs> for lightening good. the end of the podcast and then darkening swiftly again <laughs> Uh, yeah, Excellent. I haven't really got any anything else to say, have you? Um, <clears throat> no, I don't think so. That Miranda paper was something I was going to mention at the end, but I mentioned it at the beginning anyway. Mm. Um, oh, I was going to make it... You know you were talking about taxonomic bias with, like, spiders versus, um, like, those things like dolphins? Yes. I was going to point out to um, Edge edgeofexistence.org the guys that are trying to promote programs conserving hugely threatened species that uh, are especially evolutionary, evolutionarily unique 
and you'd never guess who's on there. And it's actually, Ooh. there's a really big picture of it. It's only uh, the old purple frog. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're so far detached from previous families. Oh. But what I was going to say also, um, all their species are like amphibians, birds, mammals. Yeah. With I didn't see a single reptile on there. And I'm pretty sure I didn't see a single... Uh, well, they got corals. I suppose they're invertebrates. They don't have backbones, but not like spidery stuff. Hmm. It was just interesting. I, I bet you it's basically because we don't know enough about these guys to make that sort of assessment. But it's just something to be aware of that, although a fantastic uh, push and initiative, it has the same sort of taxonomic bias as we see in a lot of science, which is a shame, but something to be aware of. Yeah, reptiles don't even have their own section. No, but cool website and cool initiative. Hmm. And I'm sure it's something that will change in the future as we know more about these things. Hmm. Wow, the northern Darwin frog is cool. Are you just looking at their list? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, here you go. There's stuff on there, isn't there? There's a snake on here. There is a snake. There is a snake. Round Island, Kewel Scare, you old boa. I think they're breeding those in um, Jersey. Excellent. Excellent. They're not completely un unrepresented then fantastic no but there is i mean i've only seen one and i'm yeah i'm some way down the list yeah it's just but, interesting to see, <clears throat> see the oh, sort of balance of species there isn't it yeah it's cool actually yeah it's a cool website oh there's another one here west african slender snatter crocodile there's the oh uh, what am i talking about then there's the colombian dwarf gecko <laughs> you don't know what you're on about there's little reptiles for days um, no, there's only a few compared to what else there is. There's lots of frogs actually, which is kind of cool. yeah. So sec- I, was, I was quite happy with it. The amount of frogs was rather excellent. Why would you try and conserve the secretary bird? They're awful. Oh no, they're wicked though, aren't they? Mate, any animal that stamps on snakes can just go extinct. Oh no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, they can stay just for the novelty value of how they walk. <laughs> Uh, right, so I think that pretty much wraps it up, doesn't it? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, so if you want to get in touch with us, herphighlights at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at herphighlights, facebook.com slash herphighlights. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I think so. Um, questions, comments and corrections. Yeah, corrections. You know, very welcome. Yeah, we don't know anything especially. about spiders. We probably, well, I don't know, our spider chat. I I think I don't think we said anything too controversial with spiders. No, I did insinuate they were evil. Yeah, but I I poo pooed your evil spider talk. Mm, yes, that's good. It's good. To, it's important to remember we come as a pair on this. So yeah. uh, any sort of emotions that I outburst, if if Ben counters them, then that's enough that we've collectively not been awful. <laughs> yeah, we've neutralised it. <laughs> yeah, it's like acid and base. And then at the end, we're just some sort of generic useless salt. Shotgun base. <laughs> All right. Have your base. Uh, yeah, cool. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.